0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. So I uh, I gotta be honest with you guys, I've been trying to record this podcast all day. Like an hour ago, I was sitting here in my little sanctuary on my couch, headphones on, mic in front of me, spent a good 15-20 minutes just kind of contemplating, you know, what am I going to say on this week's show? Where do I begin? You know, what am I going to talk about? How am I going to do this it's felt like a daunting thing returning to the podcast right now and then i was sort of saved by the bell i just i remembered oh shit i have bread proofing downstairs that was about to become overproofed you know oh my god that would be a huge disaster <laughs> like such a such a silly thing but it was enough for me to like oh my god i got to go downstairs and put my bread in the oven you know so uh, I did that, and then I realized I had um, I've been dehydrating a ton of moringa from our latest moringa harvest, and I was just waiting for the oven to heat up. And I was like, you know what? Let me just pulverize this and make my moringa powder because I'm like standing in the kitchen. And then I I did that, and I spent I spent a good like thirty minutes just with my moringa leaves and my bread, and returned upstairs, and now I'm in a totally different, totally different headspace. So um, I'm I'm really I'm finding that all throughout these days, all throughout this year, you know, the this this gift that is 2020, that there are there's something very special about the day-to-day mundane tasks, right? For me, it's a lot around the things that happen in the kitchen, that just that just have this amazing ability to to snap me out of whatever thing I'm in, and brings me into the present moment. So safe to say over the past two weeks, I have been pickling a lot, <laughs> baking every day. I have been making, you know, kombucha, like a ton of that, cooking, you know, three meals a day. I'm just spending a lot of time. I'm also in the garden harvesting herbs. I'm, I'm making tinctures right now. I'm making oil of oregano. I have I have going downstairs. I have a bunch of those little mini projects. And I was just thinking back to that in terms of how have these past two weeks been, because it's been a, it's been a really traumatic time. And I I don't use that word lightly. If you guys listen to this show, you know, I don't use the word trauma or something traumatic lightly. It has been a really traumatic thing that that me and my family just went through. And I think what's really kept me, kept me going has been these, these little day-to-day things. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I have a little baby watermelon growing in my garden. It's like keeping me afloat right now. No, but to get to get serious, I guess. So I'm gonna assume that you've heard last week's podcast. Um, I'll give a little like super quick recap. If you you know if you're listening to this for the first time and you're wondering what the hell has happened to Rachel, basically about about two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago now. It's weird how time just kind of flies. I went on Instagram story and kind of casually without thinking too much about it or realizing what how big of a deal it was. I went on Instagram story and told the world, hey guys, don't come to Aruba right now. Chill out with the traveling. You know, we've seen a massive, unbelievable spike in coronavirus cases here and just urged people to, you know, to not travel basically if you're coming from a heavily affected place and what happened as a just kind of immediate result to that was that the whole island of Aruba where I live and I've lived for the past 10 years basically I don't even know how to how to how to describe it had a had a a really intense almost like visceral physical reaction to to the words I said and a little clip of what I said that didn't give the context you know what I was actually saying was shared and went totally viral in Aruba and, and I was canceled, I guess I was sitting with that term yesterday, just talking to Dennis. Like, what does it mean, you know, to be canceled or, or to try to cancel someone like the whole thing, there's some really cool podcasts out there on cancel culture that are really good. There are books written about this topic. You know, we live in this kind of cancel culture age right now. And we've seen so much happen this year, you know, and I think I, I kind of, I, I understand the, the value and the, the, the good parts about it, you know, being able to use social media and the online space to call people out when they're making mistakes, right? Or when people are, are doing something really bad or bad people who are out there, things being brought to light and people uniting behind the cause of, of a person, you know, doing better. And what I got to experience two weeks ago wasn't really that, Right. It, it wasn't, you know, first of all, I, I didn't have anything actually canceled. I don't know how that, how that really works to be canceled. Do you have to have a, I don't know, like if we had to shut our business down, for instance, or if I lost business deals or collaborations, or suddenly no one listened to this podcast anymore, or, you know, something like I had a direct sort of negative result to that in terms of, in terms of my business, I guess, I think then that would be that I was canceled. And what happened here was because I don't have my, my business isn't centered in Aruba business wise. And you know, all that whole whole side of our lives is totally untouched and totally fine. Actually, I think maybe it had the opposite effect we've had last week's podcast was the record of highest, most listened to podcast I've ever recorded in the first 24 hours of its release. We've had full classes at the studio every single day. Um, I think globally there, there's been more of a supportive vibe going but locally basically I think I think I'm, I'm still digesting this right so I still don't really know how to talk about it I think I had my whole life ruined to be honest and I also know that I'm I'm the one in charge of that you know depending on how how I see it you know the good friends that I have here on the island are still my good friends they're actually closer to me now than they were before you know we still have a beautiful house we have a beautiful family all our immediate kind of close knit parts of our lives are are still the same, and especially now in coronavirus times, where you know I'm not out and about, I'm not going to the bars or going to brunch or venturing out, you know, in in all these social social ways, which normally I don't a lot anyway. But so you know, in person, I haven't experienced this this cancellation of my whole being, that 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 unfolded here. But basically we, we spent about, and this, it took almost a week for this to actually, you know, calm down. We spent a good week. We had like three or four days that were peak, horrible, horrible of just thousands and thousands and thousands of people sending me abuse, harassment, emails, letters, DMs, tweets, YouTube comments, Snapchat, Instagram comments, Facebook comments, um, every platform that I've ever been present on in my life, just hate basically started, started pouring in. It started like a little trickle and then became a tidal wave, (laughs) became basically a, a tsunami of, of just really intense hate. And even saying this now, like talking about this now, I can kind of sense my, my heart goes like, you know, like it's like a little hard to breathe in a way. Um I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. I have never ever. I haven't even experienced this like on the sidelines, you know. I've never witnessed something like this unfold. I've never seen something like this happen to someone I follow online, um happen to a celebrity that I'm like invested in, uh, happen to a friend, happen to an acquaintance, you know, never. So honestly, you know, the closest I can get to, and I was really thinking about this, like when have I kind of watched, you know, because I know this has happened to, of course, a lot of people this year, there's been horrible, like racist stuff that has been unearthed. You know, a lot of like prominent figures, especially in the US and the media have kind of lost their positions. I think in, 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 I don't know how to call it in society or in, in their businesses or, you know, TV show hosts and things like that, because bad shit that they've done in the past has been unearthed. And I think the difference here for me is, is one, what happened was a very local thing. I think people from abroad didn't understand why is it a big deal. I'm just mimicking and and repeating what hundreds of thousands of people are saying, what every country in the world has issued as like a national recommendation, you know, to not travel or to slow down travel in the worst midst of the pandemic, you know? So for most people abroad, this, like, I think it was really confusing, like, Hey, (laughs) You know, Rachel's just, just trying to be responsible and wanting to protect protect this place where she lives, which is really vulnerable. So I think it, it I think for, for most people who aren't here in Aruba, I think it was more like, What the hell is wrong with that island? Like what is going on? This is insane. You know, and then there were some people who got really invested. Especially people in the in the community group that we have on Facebook. I think if you're in that group and you kind of came in to support me, I just want to say thank you. That was I saw a lot of you know really sweet things pass by and people who got really involved and um, we had so many you know sudden like five star reviews on our on our business you know on Google and on TripAdvisor and on Facebook and just kind of. People wanting to help because we had so many people try to give us one star reviews locally. So it didn't really make a dent. Like actually in the end, now we have better reviews. We have a higher rating than we had before. Like all these things. If I break it down to the pieces where, like, okay, if I put my whole heart and like <laughs> my whole inner well-being, you know, which of course is the most important thing. But if I put that aside and I just look at at, at the logistics of this, I look at the material aspects of like what was the actual end result here, aside from my well-being, right? I'm gonna put that aside. Well the end result was we had more people listen to the podcast. We had more people come to class. Um, we have better reviews on all of our business pages online. This podcast is a is a big source of revenue for us. So I know we're gonna have an upswing in in revenues come our way because it was a very, very, very listened to show last week. You know, in terms of those pieces everything is fine. Right. Like I don't have anything where I can say, Oh, I had a big, you know, material loss like that. I can point to like, nothing was vandalized in the end. No one broke into the studio to, to light it on fire. The way they said, we didn't even see a drop in attendance right at at the studio. So like all those things that, that we thought were going to happen, like our lives are going to be over, which is what it felt like, like it didn't happen. And I know a lot of that is as a result to, or thanks to so many of you guys listening, being super supportive from afar and, you know, no one asked you to do that. And I just want to say a big, big, big thank you. If you, yeah, if you, if you were trying to show us support or love, or even just thinking about us from afar, just, just so you know that, that, that I, I felt that I really, really, really did. So I guess the the most important part or like the the part that really lingers is is my well-being. Right? Like that's the that's the piece of this of this puzzle that isn't really fixable. I think. And I've been trying to, I guess since this went down, like I've been trying to kind of look at it over the past like it's been almost 2 weeks and it's almost been like if you look up the stages of grief, like it's kind of bizarre. Like it it really has been been, been so eerily similar to that, you know, because in the, the first moment when this kind of, you know, when this wave of, of, yeah, I guess hate and upset hit, it was just a total shock. Like I couldn't believe it. Like it was like, no, no, it was, it was really my jaw on the floor. Like I had a whole, I think I had a whole, almost a whole day of not being able to grasp what was happening where I was kind of Going online, trying to explain myself a little bit, and then things started. It just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And it was just like, no, but this, this cannot, this cannot be happening. This is not, this does not represent the community where I live. Like, there's no way, you know. And people that then and I used to call friends or you know acquaintances or people who, yeah, people who will who will hug me and and smile and send me texts on my birthday and those kinds of people, not our closest friends, but people who are close enough that, like do say happy birthday. You know, those kinds of people were suddenly going online, tearing me apart. Right. So there was definitely like that first stage of just shock. And then the next stage, you know, if, if you know the seven stages of grief, the next stage is denial. Like this is not happening. And I, 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 <laughs> I, I turned my phone off. Right. I told Dennis, Hey, let's, let's, let's just, this is going to pass. Like, this is not, this this is not what it looks like. This is just a fluke. This is just one like stupid blogger with a grudge against us, you know, trying to do something bad. Like, let's just turn our phones off. Let's go surf. Let's take Leia to the beach. Let's just ignore. Like, this is not, this is not real. Right. And we went surfing, like we went all the way to the North shore where we didn't have any service or anything. And Dennis like got in the water 10 minutes later, came right back up. And I was like, Hey, what's, what's going on? And he was just like, I am so stressed out. I can't surf. Like being in the waves, not knowing what's happening, like not knowing how bad this is getting, not being able to control the narrative or even be aware. He's like, we got to, We got to go back home. I need, I need, I need Fi. Like we got, we got to go back home. So like, that was our moment of denial, you know, third stage is bargaining which was definitely me, like, you know, trying to go online, like, hey, everyone, you like misunderstood me. I didn't mean that, like trying to negotiate. I was super invested in in communicating with people, like through through WhatsApp and direct messages and like talking to people, like, hey, you know, trying to explain myself basically, like, hey, this is not, this does not warrant that, you know, like this is not like, it doesn't, it's not okay for you to tell me you're going to come to my house and kill me. I was trying to protect like this island. Here's what I meant. And then I would go into these long, long explanations of trying to bargain my way to, for people to understand, you know, which only made everything worse. And then the next stage of this is guilt. Like I had, I don't know, probably, probably two days of just, you know, like, I, I think I apologized to Dennis like once an hour. Like I felt like I ruined our lives. I felt like, like I've embarrassed myself, I've embarrassed him, I've embarrassed our whole family. I felt so humiliated, guilty, like I can't believe I did this to us, you know, like I cost us all this harm, like all oh, this is my fault. I shouldn't have been online, I should never have started Instagram account, I shouldn't you know, just feeling horrible and guilty and like trying to think of like, you know, Leia's going to go to school and she's going to get bullied because people are going to remember this forever. And Dennis will never be able to go and be in his normal social circles because there was people in every social circle that we know that now, you know, not only thinks like, hey, that was a stupid thing to say, but the things like, I'm a horrible, horrible human being and I should leave this island, right? I should go back to my home country. I don't belong here. So I had for sure like two days of just guilt, you know, and the next stage of that, which I think is kind of the stage I was in when we recorded last week was anger. <laughs> like, I don't know if it came off, if you heard last week's podcast, but I took, you know, the whole day we were planning to record, I didn't want to do it. I was contemplating canceling everything, like cancel all the podcasts for the, for that week. Cause it was just so much, you know, and just the, the hate and the death threats and the, I didn't feel safe. You know, it was just, it was just way too much. And then Dennis was the one who said, like, hey, let's do it together. Like, let me lead the conversation. Like, he he, he made a joke. He's like, let me be the host. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you be the host. And like 30 minutes before we recorded, I was just crying. You know, I was just like, no, no, there's no way I'm going to be able to talk my way through a whole hour podcast and talk about this. How am I going to put words to this when I'm still in shock, you know? but then something happened almost like i think it was the intro of the podcast like he was just he makes me smile he makes me laugh like all day you know if you heard last week's podcast just just him trying to do the intro like we spent 20 minutes trying to do the intro of the show and then i was just laughing so hard and then the energy of of last week's podcast didn't become what i thought i thought it was going to be one of those tearful like super sad depressed kind of Kind of shows, you know, which I've had in the past talking about something hard, but it didn't. It was more like, hey, I felt solid and grounded and all of it thanks to Dennis for sure. And was even able to communicate some of my anger, you know, like this is so not okay. It's just not. It's not. And that stage, the anger stage, is kind of what I spent, I don't know, I I had almost like almost the whole last week up until two days ago. I've just been pissed. Like I can't even, I can't even explain it. I've just been you know like I, I don't i don't feel shock anymore i'm not in denial I've, I've stopped bargaining i don't feel guilty it just it's just i i got so 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 fucking angry you know like hey i'm a human being human beings make mistakes i made a mistake i said something i said something stupid i fr- I, fr- I said something thousands of people are saying every day and i said it at a bad time and i said it in a bad way you know I apologize. Like I explained myself and it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter. It was kind of like all of Aruba needed a scapegoat. All of Aruba needed someone to to hate. Like everyone needed someone to blame. And everyone was like, got to unite for this common cause of just like trying to tear my life apart, basically. And the things that, that were told to me, the things that were told to my family, that the threats that came in, about our business, about my child, people telling me that they were on our way to our house, they're going to kill me, should burn burn my studio down with me inside. Someone said they wanted to stab me. Someone said they know what beach I frequent. Next time they see me, they're going to drown me. In these comment sections that had all this hate, all this abuse, people start sharing photos of Leia. Um, here's the family. Here's the three-year-old, you know. People sending me their ad, my address, like I know where you live. Like It was like... <sighs> Uh, like I, I I I still cannot wrap my head around people writing this to a, to a human being like to a person you know and I can and I can understand the the anger and the backlash and kind of all the bad things that led to this moment right like this was a very bad moment for Aruba we are still today I'm recording this on a Wednesday per capita in the world Aruba is number 1 on the list of most cases of corona we now have more cases per capita than the United States. It's like Aruba is, is, is in the midst of it, right? It's, it's really, really, really bad. And it didn't really matter that the same day that I went on Instagram story to say, Hey, don't travel here now, you know, out of fear, out of worry for our kids, like out of worry for this Island that same day, you know, all of these airlines stopped traveling here. Like all those things happened, but that didn't matter because it was like, I, I was the person to hate, you know, everything was so, all of a sudden my fault. I got to kind of represent everything that's bad and wrong. And and that anger, honestly, like it it's it lingered with me for a really long time to the point of me not being able to kind of sit still. Like it. I felt so agitated almost the whole week, just agitated, couldn't be in stillness. I felt like, uh, like I had, I don't know, what, five days in a row drinking wine every night, which normally we don't do just out of this feeling, like I couldn't settle in myself. I had a really hard time being in my body. Like I didn't feel, didn't feel safe. And I just felt fucking pissed. And I started making lists. This was like day three or four of my anger. I started making lists like, okay, here are the people I know who I know posted something. Like I got really petty about it. And I have like, (laughs) and this actually was helpful for my anger like Dennis asked, like, how can you how can you move through this anger and express it when you don't have one single person to be angry with? You know, it's not like someone wronged me, but like a whole country got together to take me down, basically, to to dehumanize me, to threaten me, to to try to get me to leave my home, to make me feel unsafe, to call me the worst names I have ever seen online. Ever. I mean ever like there's a lot of things I cannot repeat on this podcast. Like we would have to bleep that shit out because it's so vile, you know, and then, and then writing this list of like, okay, I have a list of like 35 people (laughs) who normally, when I see them at brunch or at the bar or on the beach, I would walk up to them, hug them, you know, ask them how their family's doing. They would ask me how my family's doing. It's like people that we know, right? They have my number. They can call me anytime. Those people in terms of like, okay, when we are back in, in a normal space, here are people that I will never work with, that I will never look in the eye again, that, you know, like we will make sure we never have a collaboration with these people because now already things are turning and we had brands and businesses here wondering about local promotions because I mentioned that before everything turned really bad. And I started getting like, you know, like like I hate these people, like that feeling of like, and i I. I've, I've had a lot of anger in my life. Like I'm really good at processing and moving through anger, but that feeling of like vicious hate, just like like the person who sh- who started, the first person who shared a photo of, of my three-year-old in that comment section, like I've been obsessing about that person. You know, like what goes through their minds? What goes through their, how do they live? What kind of person is that? If they're, they're actually able to put a child's life in danger, right? And then there were other people who, who commented positively on the fact that that person did that. Like I got into all these common threads and wrote these people's names down and like went on their Facebook pages and looked up their employers and, and like drafted emails, like, Hey, like to send to their employers. This is the kind of person you have on your team, a person who's willing to endanger a three-year-old's life because they're having a bad day. Right. Or because they're swept up in a storm of some, something bad on social media. You know, how do you sleep at night? Like I did all of this. I didn't send anything. I didn't take action on anything, but it actually felt good just to kind of sort it out in my brain a little bit, to actually be able to identify that the worst of the worst, it wasn't the whole island, you know, it's not like I, I can walk around holding a grudge toward all of Aruba for the rest of my life, but it was a handful of very vicious people, you know, and, and so just kind of going through that structure in a way helped, it really did. And then two days ago, oh yeah, in my anger stage, <laughs> it's funny, I don't know who told me, someone told me, like a friend of mine told me, who was it, that, okay, this is, this is like a trauma, like it's obviously a trauma, and chances are you're going to go through the stages of, of grief, like that you would go through after someone has died. And I was like, but no one's died. It's like Aruba died. That's how I feel. I feel like all of Aruba died. I don't belong here anymore. I can't live here anymore. I don't trust it here anymore. I don't feel safe anymore. Aruba has died. And then she was making a joke like, yeah, but that's kind of how it worked. Like, look out for these things, you know. And then the moment I did, I was like, yeah, that's been it. Like, that's literally been it. And in the anger phase, I started running. I started running I, like we have a treadmill at home. Okay, I'm not leaving the house, obviously, or anything. But I started running and I've been running really fucking fast. And I've been running really far. And I've been running in a way that I have never ran in my life. Like I, <laughs> I've had podcasts about running because you guys know I've had this long. There's like a longing inside of me to want to. That's my bread. <laughs> I got to go take my bread out of the oven give me a moment and i'll be back to talk to you about anger running. Okay, my <laughs> the lid is off my dutch oven. So you guys know, if you ever make bread in a dutch oven, keeping the lid on for the first half hour creates this really amazing crust and then you take the lid off so you get all the browning and stuff. But um <laughs> yeah, so anger running, i've never done this in my life. I have i think i've seen it in movies like you've seen someone be like upset or moving through something hard and then they go for a run and they're, you know, angry and like getting things out. I never had runs like that because I'm a terrible runner and I'm not a, <laughs> I, I wish, I wish I was a runner, but I'm not really. So my runs are usually like, I think I run like Phoebe and friends. Like I, th- I really think that's more my style, <laughs> but this week I've been running. I got on the treadmill every day. It was it was like the only way I could get my body moving. I didn't want to roll out my mat. I didn't want to practice. I didn't want to do a dynamic meditation, which I found super odd because I've done the, my dynamic meditation. I did 50 days in a row and I just had this feeling, no, it's like I, I couldn't get there. So I've been running and I have spent like sometimes an hour, sometimes 75 minutes on the treadmill, like alternating between running, like sprinting and jogging. It's been really bizarre. And then two days ago, I just, I, I had probably one of the worst days, no, no days are worse than the, the, the weekend when everything happened, when I really felt like we were unsafe, that was the worst, but after that, like, just, just the worst, the worst day, I don't know, I just, I just couldn't, it was like I was walking around with a heavy black cloud over my head all, all day, and I couldn't get up, like, I couldn't get out of it, I couldn't. Couldn't see clearly, you know, couldn't be, couldn't be in my body. Couldn't be here. And then it was Dennis who was like, Hey, I'm going to take Leia. We're going to go and leave the house so you can do a dynamic. Like you have to do something. You have to, you, you gotta like, just do it. And they left. And I did, I did a burn meditation, which is like the conscious emotional release part of the dynamic. But I did only that, but I did that for almost an hour or 45 minutes and I got so so much out. Like I cannot, um, it's the reason my voice is kind of hoarse now still, but I was just, it was my first moment of being able to move some of that anger through. Right. So after that, I actually, you know, I stopped obsessing about the specifics of the people who were involved and just, you know, I, I got some, was able to become more objective and kind of step away from the, the immediate intensity of the, the personal dynamics of the whole situation. Right. And then after that, so it was like pulling a plug, like this was two days ago or three days ago, I don't know, I think two days ago. And after that, it was like pulling a plug, you know, on a drain. And I started, I started crying (laughs) and I could cry now just sharing this. But the next stage, you know, of, of the stages of grief is depression And I hadn't really felt that way, like I'd felt sad and upset and I'd gone through the motions of all this stuff. But it was like after I was able to move through some of that anger, it was like the anger was this huge obstacle, you know, it was like fiery and intense and hard. And then I was able to process some of that and then I got sad, you know, and it was kind of the first, yeah, the first moment of me actually being really, really, really sad. And that's where I've been. (laughs) that's where I am now I'm still sad and it's a different kind of sad like in the beginning it was like sad mixed with shock and disbelief and guilt and all these other things and now it's just sad like I'm just sad like I've had three days in a row in the morning waking up and then it's turning over and like hugging me like you know how you doing and I go I haven't even gotten out of bed and I already want this day to end Like I haven't even gotten out of bed and I'm already, I already feel depressed. Like I already, nothing had to happen today for me to feel depressed. I didn't have to be reminded of something or read another comment or get another email. It's just, I like, I open my eyes in the morning and I feel depressed. Like that's, that's how I feel. And I have been through, through depression in my life, not to the extent of, you know, not being able to get out of bed. Like I've never experienced that. I have had some really like hormone related bouts of depression in my life, especially as a, like a teenager when I was like 16, 17 and I was on the pill. I had like a long stretch of time of just like, I, I didn't know I was depressed until I got off the pill. And then it was like everything eased up and I realized like, Oh, I'd been a zombie for six months. Like I've had that. I've had, you know, a lot of loss in my life and people die and pass away and, and hard things happen but the the difference I think there is like, I, I was able to point to something, you know, my best friend died in a car crash and I could, whenever that, that kind of dark, black, heavy cloud, just, I would wake up and I would feel like that. I had something really specific to point to, you know, it's like, I lost my best friend. It, it would, it would be stranger if I didn't feel sad all the time. Right. And then I would have just moments of joy and gratitude in between that, you know, how grief is, it's so fucked up and hard and beautiful all at the same time. And now this feeling is totally different. This feeling is not at all because that grief or or that kind of grief of having lost somebody you love, you know, in a way, strangely, and usually we can't really connect the dots of this until afterwards or until more time has passed, but it's like that kind of grief, it has a sense of purpose to it. Or at least that's been my personal experience of, of losing people close to me in my life. That when we're grieving someone that we've lost There's purpose to that grief. It's almost like deep down underneath all the heavy layers of pain. We know that this feeling, it's moving us forward. It's like being in the midst of it, being in that grief, being in that pain, being in that depression, that sadness. It's like we're clawing our way through the dark and we don't know where we're going we don't know how long we're going to be in the dark but we know it's purposeful because it's it's eventually what's what gets us through to, to the other side its feeling is is healing right so there's a different kind of feeling to that and i'm not saying i would i would exchange this feeling that i have now for losing someone in my life like obviously not but this this sadness that i have been experiencing over the past days it's it feels totally pointless. That's how I feel. It feels totally purpose, purposeless. It feels pointless. It feels hopeless. It feels like, like it doesn't feel really valid because nobody did die. You know, it's like, I also feel like, like I can't validate or actually hold space for my own feelings in a way, because I feel like, like it's weird. I shouldn't feel this way. We are so blessed and I choose to be online, like I choose to be on social media, and I was the one who started all of this, it's not, you know, and it's like, we are so blessed, we're so, we're all safe, like nothing bad did happen, I have a lot of support in so many different ways, we still have a, a big brand and a big following of people who 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 love me and who support me no matter what, like it's like all those things still stand, you know, so, so it's almost like I can't validate my own feeling of hopelessness or sadness or grief in a way. So it just feels pointless. It feels like I shouldn't feel this way, which is, which is a strange feeling for me to have, because I, if you listen to this show, you know, you know, 90% of my life is (laughs) holding space for emotion and heart healing and using the tools to, to move through, through hard things. And now I just feel like, I feel like there's no reason for me to get up in the morning. I feel like I powered through this podcast really well up until just now. (laughs) Like, I can talk about this and we're so blessed and I'm so grateful for so much and actually everything is okay and, you know, no one did break into our house and, you know, like no one did vandalize our studio and we didn't even lose money. (laughs) Didn't lose you know, did lose social media followers, did lose money, did not lose students. Like what's the loss, right? <laughs> really. And I think maybe if I, I don't know, maybe it would help. <laughs> it would be easier to navigate if I did have a, a like if a, a loss that was palpable that I can touch or point to, you know? And I think why this is like, what makes this all so so hard is that I is that I don't is this it's like the loss that I'm experiencing is a loss of community right it's a loss of it's a loss of trust it's a loss of of feeling at home you know I feel like my ground shifted like it really literally did and it's not like I think that if I go out in public people are gonna like last week I was sure for sure if I would have been out in public and people would have seen me Like people would be yelling at me or pulling my hair or spitting at me or leaving me notes on my car. Like it was was so vicious for so long. And anyone who says, you know, no one was going to act on anything. People did act on a lot of shit. We had people in front of our house. We had our alarm system go off several times. We had, you know, super threatening shit come our way. We had people, and this to me is like beyond me, we had people email us to, to our studio address on behalf of entire huge corporations, not management or actual corporations, right? But people who worked there saying I'm banned for life at this place. I can never return. And of course, now that we're doing some digging, like, okay, if we brought that forward to that person's management or manager... It's not true, right? It's not like condoned by that business, but that's what it feels like. Like a lot of people felt angry enough to actually sit down and look up our address and share pictures of our kid and write emails on, you know, with letterheads of of businesses and places of work and start petitions. And like people like did shit. It wasn't just the passing by and leaving a comment and moving on with your day. You know, it was, it was really, 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 really vicious and really hard. And what it means is is that that feeling of like, hey, I I live here, like I belong here, which I felt for for 10 years. You know, my, my daughter is born here. Dennis is from here. His whole family is here. Our friends are here. Our business is here. Our lives are here, right? And I never once felt not welcomed or like maybe this isn't the right place for us to be. And even though, you know, obviously I wasn't super immersed all across the island and all the parts of our, of, of, of the local community. Because I think if I did, this wouldn't have happened. You know, anyone who, whoever, you know, has been to Island Yoga, anyone who practiced, that's the beauty of it. I think anyone who, any one of our core community, the people who were already practicing at the studio, they just shrugged their shoulders and moved on with their day because they knew like, oh, this isn't true. Like this is not correct. This is not who Rachel is. This is not, this does not represent her or, or her brand or anything, you know, because they know us. And I think where things got really vicious and bad were from people that didn't know us, or people who knew us who had some sort of grudge or holding on to something negative, or, I don't know. And maybe if we were more present in different facets of, of the community, this wouldn't have happened. But that feeling that that, yeah, there's no that feeling of, you know, <laughs> going out to eat at a restaurant, going to the store like venturing out the little space, the little box of of this house, our garden, and maybe the studio, like there's nowhere I feel safe, you know, and not in the sense of, oh, someone's going to physically harm me, but safe in terms of feeling welcomed or appreciated, or knowing that the efforts that we put in, or that I've put in to this Island for so long that, that they're worthwhile or appreciated or, or helpful, or, you know, I, I've lost all of that. and, of course what it's also bringing about is this complete feeling of uncertainty. Like I don't know where we're going to live now. <laughs> I genuinely don't. And um, talking to Dennis, he does not in any way agree, like he does not he does not want to leave and definitely, you know, like we're not talking about packing up our shit and leaving now, but we do have all of our lives in complete total uncertainty just like everybody else. You know, this entire year. and we've been looking at properties in Costa Rica for the past, yeah, for the past year or or two years, thinking about that, talking about like anytime anyone has ever said or asked me when, which school are you gonna pick for Leia when she starts like, you know, actual school, like when she's six or seven? And my answer has always been, oh, I don't know if we're here then. And I don't know why. I just could never really envision myself, you know, it's like 20 years from now, is this where we are? Like that was kind of, I don't know. It was all very, very open. And so I guess the shift now is that I feel this sense of urgency. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to live here long-term anymore. Maybe I'll feel totally different at the end of this year or next year or something like that. Maybe I won't. But that feeling of like, this is home. This is forever home. This is, you know let's grow the business let's and in, continue investing here you know that I, I i don't feel that way at all i feel like i don't want to invest any money in, on the island, into the island anymore i feel like i don't want to develop what we're already doing like i don't feel any sort of longing to to continue here i guess knowing that it's no longer a safe space for me and maybe also you know maybe the hard truth is like it never really was I don't know, you know, that, 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 that love actually wasn't here, that, that I've been living under some illusion somehow. And I know that's not the case for like our closest community, but for, yeah, for this Island as a whole, like it's a very bizarre, totally fucked up, weird situation. Like, I don't even know how to explain this to someone, you know, if they weren't here, if they weren't a part of this or watched this unfold online, like, how do I explain? Like, yeah, I've basically been like exiled from a, from an entire, from an entire country, you know, and then it's like, well, if we move now, then it's like we're gonna prove them right. And then everyone who instigates this sort of abuse and hate and harassment, they're gonna feel like like they have power and that they can continue doing this to other people. And that's something that like I, I don't, I'm not even thinking in those terms. But Dennis has been he's been at the police station every day, <laughs> every single day, filing reports and different areas and and I don't even know how, how it works I don't care like I genuinely feel like this there's nothing that's gonna nothing's gonna get better in this sense it's not gonna help you know but he feels really really strongly that that this is like you have to we have to take action in every area we can because none of this that went down was okay or right or justifiable you know by by any means so I don't know like I I don't speaking from the heart like I don't know how to I don't know how to do that because I feel like, yeah, this kind of, and it's also, yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm having a hard time finding words because I'm a super resilient person, right? I'm super strong. I'm super resilient. I've been through a lot of hardship in my life. Like I, I have dealt with like, you know, negative comments online and people not liking me and like having really strong opinions and views where people disagree, like all of this. But there's something about this amount, like the sheer volume of the hate that I, that I received these past weeks, like there's a limit to how many times you can read, you're horrible, right? You're a horrible human being. You deserve to die. You shouldn't live here. Go away, die somewhere, you know, like you're, you're, you're the worst human being to ever walk this earth. The things that say, like, bitch, whore, cunt, fat ass, like, those kinds of, didn't really touch me so much. But, like, the ones that were really, really, like, you know, you could tell they're sent with passion, with, like, th- that's from their heart to mine, you know. Die. Like, you're the worst human being to ever grace this earth. You're worthless, right? Pathetic, horrible, bad. Like, I'm having a really hard time. I think my nervous system is having a really hard time digesting and processing the sheer volume of that like there's a limit to how much of that one single person can receive and read and not have that affect their mental health like and I could be super cool right now and go yeah but that doesn't faze me and that's just people I don't know and people online and people go crazy online and yeah but it's also like I'm, I'm a real I'm a real person I'm not some persona of a yoga girl who's pretending to be something online or putting something out there that's just a brand or a business or like, I'm a, I'm a person, you know, and I spend a lot of time like doing my very, very best in this life, you know, trying to be of service, trying to do good things, trying to change people's lives, trying to, trying to be purposeful, you know, and that feeling of just, there's this, this amount, there's more hate toward me present where I live um then i think toward <laughs> coronavirus like then i think toward any corrupt politician uh, or any of the real big mega serious reasons people have to actually be genuinely upset you know that feeling it's kind of it's shook something inside of me and i don't know how to reconcile it with yeah with being here both being here as like being present in this country now and also being here like being in my body being being present as I move through my day, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> like, I feel like <laughs> someone else told me who was it. See, my memories, like, uh, my memory is, is, is really bad for over these past couple of weeks, I think because I'm not here, right? I think I'm disassociating or I'm, I'm trying to disconnect. It's, like, been too much to take in, so I'm, like, disconnecting in a way, you know? And then because of that, I'm having a hard time remembering basic stuff that I normally you know, (laughs) but someone else told me like, Oh, but this is going to cause like PTSD. Like you're going to feel some like post-traumatic stress after this, you know, and it's going to take time. And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking to my therapist every week, like doing all the things I normally do. And I'm still moving my body and taught a yoga class today. Oh, I was going to lead with that. And I forgot. I went to the studio first time, taught a class. It was no big deal jam-packed class, everyone super nice and smiley and regular feeling at studio, and it was, it's it's like, it's not like, it's not like the world has ended, and there's real problems in this world, there's our children starving, children being trafficked, like, people who can't feed their kids, like, there's horrible, real injustice happening in this world, so, like how much space am i going to sit up take up sitting here talking about my little thing that happened on the internet like who cares like that's also what i feel it's like hey like it i don't want to waste people's time talking about this because there's more important things to do than than this what the fuck you know but i also know that that's a that's a lie right like i if I don't process, I'm not going to be able to do any good. Someone asked me, how is Lea Luna doing? How is she dealing with this? So the day the day when everything was the worst, I, th- I think for sure, for sure, she knew something really bad was happening. And then we had friends come over, and so she had some like other people who could be more present with her because both me and Dennis were in like shock, I think. And then the next day, and this is something that like, she has never done, ever, ever, ever. We were like, I was cooking breakfast in the morning and then, uh, Dennis and I were talking and talking intensely and then we got quiet. Like there was a gap between sentences or something. And then I hear her over from the kitchen table going, um, Hey, uh, Papa, keep talking to mama. And I'm like, what? Just uh, keep talk more to mama. Like keep talking to mama. I'm like, why does she want us to keep talking? Like, wait, she, she doesn't want our attention over there you know, and I go look and she took a big fat black crayon and she was just like drawing all over. And this is our freshly painted kitchen wall. Like we just painted all the walls in our house and just big black, angry marks, you know, all over. And she's not, she's never had a face like that. She's never, she's super into rules and what's right, what's wrong. You know, she, she would never, she's never, ever, ever that she's not who she she is, and then I, she just saw, like, I caught her eye, and I was like, Leia, and then she started bawling, and she just cried, and cried, and cried, and cried, and cried, and I know whatever that was, was, you know, some sort of reaction on, on everything, the, the horrible, intense, shitty energy, and and vibration that's been a part of this house for that time, so I think, at, at the end of the day, I sat her down, and I, and I tried to explain, I said, Hey, I, I know mama wasn't, wasn't so present with you yesterday. And, and how did you feel? And, and then she keeps, she keeps coming back to these, I don't know where she picked it up. If it's because she's hearing me talk about safety and she goes, mama, are you safe? And also at bed at, at night in bed before going to bed, like she'll cry. I leave the room and then she'll cry and I'll come back in and say, what's going on? And she's like, can you lie here? Mama, are you safe here with me? And I'm like, do you mean, are you safe with me? You know, like, is she, yeah, can Papa come in? Can we all lie in the same bed? Is it safe here? Am I safe here? Are you safe here? So she's picking up those, you know, that kind of wording, but also probably that feeling of not being safe. You know, I never, like, I haven't hovered over her bed at night for two years, right? Since she was a baby. And now I'm doing that again, like going into her room every night and turning the alarm on before we go to bed and like for sure I have an energy about me now that probably is telling her that "Mm, it's not so safe here anymore you know so of course she feels that but she also wasn't a part of you know she didn't hear anybody say these things she didn't of course you can't read you know it's like she's not she's too young so I think she's still as protected from all of this as as she could be I think so yeah And speaking of of questions I just I, I haven't been on social media right for almost two weeks I've had (laughs) like less than an hour of screen. You know, you have the screen time function on your iPhone. Mine has been below the one hour mark, you know, for the past like 10 days or maybe at least a week. And and the bulk of that one hour is like we have our, we have Hue lights at home. So our lights sit on the Wi-Fi and our music. And, you know, I look up recipes for baking and stuff online. Like that's basically what I've been doing on my phone. And that part, you guys, I gotta say, from someone who has been present on social media since 2012, and I mean like present on social media, like talking to people all day, posting every day, you know, sharing, sharing, sharing. And even if I'm having a more quiet day, like I'm still there, you know, in my DMs or in my comment section and scrolling and reading and, you know, super, super online all the time. It's It's been a huge relief. I don't know. Someone asked me, are you coming back to social media? <laughs> it's like, it feels bizarre to not do that. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if that's something that I, that, that I would want long-term. Someone else asked like, what's Yoga Girl, like the business, the brand, the platform without social media? Like, does it work? I don't know. Maybe we're about to find out. I really don't know. We We did have a, you know, this week was supposed to be our big launch for our pancakes. You know, we have our first, product released from our new food brand family foods is a pancake and baking mix that we worked so hard on for so long and that was supposed to be last week and of course didn't happen so what we did instead was like a little pre-launch just for people who had signed up with their emails on eatfamilyfoods.com nothing on social you know I wasn't there and uh and we sold like it was it was so beautiful, to be honest. It was so beautiful to see that, oh, we can have a successful pre-launch completely without me having to be there. And that's a relief. You know, at the end of the day, I would love to, to be present online to the extent that, that it fills my heart, right? Or to the extent that I can feel purposeful or do something good. And I don't feel that way. You know, and I've hadn't I haven't really felt that way for a long time. Like that zest of like inspiration to talk and speak and share and and purpose and I, I don't feel that way. So having this time now without being online, without sharing anything, without talking about without taking any pictures. I haven't taken a single freaking picture. I took one picture of my of my watermelon. <laughs> like not taking pictures of anything. It's kind of yeah, of course the moment you have distance from social media, you realize how insane it is to be on social media all the time. And, you know, I can't say that without coming off super hypocritical because I have an entire business and platform built on social media, right? And of course, so many blessings that have come through that as well. And all the support that I've felt over the past two weeks, I wouldn't have had if it wasn't for for social media. So there is so much good there too. But I have just... I have lost sight of, or I'm, I'm, I'm not able to define, like, do I, do I feel better without it? And I think, you know, that's a question worthwhile for all of us to be asking ourselves, at least just to get present with it. You know, does being this present on my phone in my day, does it make me feel worse? Does it make it harder to get out of bed in the morning? Does it make it more challenging to enjoy my life? You know, if that's the case, then yeah, fuck, man. We should all get off. We should all get off our phones and look up and, you know, watch the sunrise and talk to our people and be present in our lives in a way that I think our entire generation and generations that that are coming now aren't, you know, and it is a paradox (laughs) to work in yoga and be a yoga teacher and guide people through meditation and, and to do all of that through the online, through the online world. Of course it is. So there is something so beautiful about it too, that we have that access to all of that. But then for me, it's like the line is so blurred, you know, is it possible to just like record this podcast and yoga girl daily, where we do meditations every week and journaling prompts and all this actionable stuff that I love sharing and then post something on the platform, whichever platform you're choosing to be on once in a while or when you're inspired and then not be there. Is that possible? I don't know. I'm very black, black and white, you know, it's like, I'm either, (laughs) I'm either not running ever, hating running, talking shit about running, (laughs) sitting on the couch, (laughs) or I run 75 minutes straight, right? As fast as I can. (laughs) I don't have that like casual, like, Hey, go for a run two, three times a week, you know, like find some balance there. Nope. It's all or nothing. The other day I was like, Dennis, maybe this whole crisis is what finally gets me to become a real runner. And then maybe I'll sign up for like a 10K. Maybe I'll run a marathon. (laughs) And he was like, okay, how about, how about we like take a moment now and just get through this next week and and see how you feel then? Because, you know, no, knowing me, this is not, this is not going to last, but yeah, there's, that's driving for balance. You know, we're all looking for that in our lives. So you guys know I love to end the podcast with like some word of wisdom or, you know, here was my story. How do you apply that to your life? And honestly, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I know, you know, from now on, I would love it if we were all a little more cautious around canc- cancel culture or at least a little more present maybe with the issue at hand before jumping on the train to crazy town. Or jumping into to threat and abuse and harassment, to take a moment to 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 just maybe do our research, right? To learn about the issue of the thing that's happening, like what's actually there behind that. There's a lot of bad people out there. There's a lot of sh- bad shit that goes down. You know, there are incidents and terrible things that people do where they absolutely deserve to 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 have backlash. You know to not have the opportunities and the privilege that came from whatever platform they had because they've done something irrevocably terrible, you know. And then there are times where people just make mistakes, right? <laughs> where, like, where I really feel is where I fit in, you know. Does this make me, am I a bad person now? Does this cancel out all the good I've done in my life? That, that feeling, like, I think that's been the shittiest part. It's like, oh, I'm not allowed to be human. I'm not allowed to make a mistake, you know. I've been on on Instagram for eight years, and managed to, you know, do well. I guess because this has never happened before. I'm not allowed to make one mistake. I make one mistake and I'm out. it's, it's over. You're the worst person now. It's, everything you are is terrible. Go back to your country. Like that to me is like, yeah. I have a hard time accepting that that it's that I can't be a human being. You know, but it's okay for everyone else to make mistakes. I don't think the people who were Saying the worst things are flawless. You know, people who never made mistakes in their lives. It's like, where is the humanity in this? Where is the kindness? Like, what is what is social media doing to us? And we know that the the situation of the world, the situation of this island, like there are so many factors that play a huge part in this. And if we weren't where we were in terms of coronavirus, in terms of the economy, like, no, this wouldn't have happened. So it's also... You know the final stage, final stage of the stages, seven stages of grief is acceptance and hope. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. I don't know. Acceptance is like I'm. Um, I'm. I'm not there yet. Hope. I'm definitely not there. I guess I'm still in depression. I'm still sad. I'm still grieving, mourning, trying to define what exactly it is. I'm, I'm mourning, but I had. I have had moments of. Of just a lot of love also. Like, hey, you know, how much are people suffering if they're able to do this? How much? Like the, those people that, that send those threats, those people that said the worst things. Not just the threats, but the worst abuse, the worst harassment. Like a girl on the island, she's a sister of someone who used to be a super close friend of mine. Um, and her her name was in every comment section. Every comment section. Every post I saw. There she was telling the world what a piece of shit I am. How worthless I am. How pathetic I am. How terrible of a person I am. And I was thinking about her the other day like how does she how 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 is she doing? You know, how is her mental health? How is like those kinds of people who who made it their job, right, to to tear my life apart or those kinds of people who shared photos of my kid and you know like how how are they doing? There's no way. No way those people are are living fulfilling happy lives like are they feeling safe in their bodies are they feeling safe in their homes are they okay no (laughs) I, i i i doubt it i don't think you can i don't think you can speak in that way or act in that way and also be okay you know so we all know hurt people hurt people so if anything like i definitely had those moments of like man does this island need compassion and kindness? And I would love to arrive at a place where I only feel that, where I can look at this whole situation and and see it for what it is, which is suffering, right? A lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And how can I be of service to that? How can I help maybe in a way that I haven't before or, or elevate that, the service that we've done for 10 years here? Like, how can I, how can we go deeper? How can we take this and, and do something good out of it, like turn it around. And yeah, I don't know the answer to those questions, but I would love if that was the end result of this is that I felt more kindness and more compassion toward everyone on this Island. Yeah. Then, then that would be a good thing. Not there today though. (laughs) Let's see about next week. So again, I want to thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for checking in on me all the time. (laughs) So many of you are. So to close, I would love to leave you with a little action of the day or this week. Next time you're present online or present on social media, how about we do two things? Next time you're present online, take a moment to ask yourself why you're there. Like what's the purpose of you being there right now? is it helping you, right? Is it uplifting? Are you getting inspired? Because there's so much inspiration to source online. Is it, you know, giving you great tips for self-care? Is it making you feel a part of the whole? Have you found community, interesting conversation? Are you learning? Are you growing? Wonderful. You know, if you don't know why you're there, or if you're there in argument, or writing vicious things to people, or, upset when you're online or feeling pulled down or low or triggered or depressed or numb, numb, I think is a big one for a lot of people, then get off, right? Get off, take a breath, turn your phone off, do something else. And then the second thing, next time you are present, you know, with purpose online to maybe if it feels good, see if you can go out of your way to be kind, right? There are tons of people who just need something uplifting now, you know, where like a kind, genuine comment can turn their whole day around or give them hope or have them feel like they're not alone, right? So there are ways for us to validate and see people online and just share with them, Hey, I'm here. If you need me, you know, or if you need my help, I'm right over here. Or, Hey, you're doing a good job. You're good enough. So easy. It's easier, I think. I would love for it to be easier to be kind than unkind, right? And once we start getting into the habit of just being kind, man, it might change our lives too. So thank you guys for listening. I love you so much. I appreciate you so much. And uh, I'll see you next week. Mm Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.